0: Greetings, both history fans and film fans. If you haven't already, follow us on Instagram at History and Film. It's a good way to know when new episodes drop or just see other interesting history or film tidbits. And if you have any other questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to email me at Simmons at Enjoy the show. Welcome to History and Film. I'm Rich Simmons. And I'm Logan Denning. And after going through world history one movie at a time, we wanted to continue on here. And as we transition before we get into American history, we're doing a little tournament, so to speak.
1: Yeah, and this is uh, our fourth matchup out of our four different um, regions. So we have an overall bracket, and it's split up into four regions based on timelines. So the ancient ones, medieval on your ass enlightened industrialists and modern times and so today's the first matchup for modern times
0: yes so we're gonna pit first here we have winston churchill versus john glenn uh names don't be will be familiar to most uh americans anyway people outside the u.s might be less familiar with uh john glenn the astronaut and senator from ohio So, two old white guys matched up here today as we get into (laughs) modern times, which I guess sounds about right, I suppose. So, we will just kind of, yeah, briefly go through uh, the case for and against each and debate who we think is the most interesting. Again, no hard and fast criteria here. I'm always kind of just roughly picturing the Dos Equis guy from the most interesting man in the world meme and, like... That meme is somehow the criteria, and just who lived the most interesting, interesting life here, right, and this round we haven't been going super in depth. we're going to try to give fuller biographies to those who advance to the next round. uh this is more just kind of a off the cuff and just our general impressions on who we feel should ad- advance to the next round, who was more interesting so the the case for Winston Churchill, the way I summarized it was this is kind of one of the greatest rise and fall and redemption arcs in human history i would argue and he kind of went from wunderkind to failure to savior over the course of of his career and i mean that's a very very rough overview but this is you know a guy obviously who is you know from the military to politics to a Nobel Prize winning author for his nonfiction works. Basically he became like a war correspondent journalist and then wrote books about all these campaigns and his personal life and family history. And I haven't read any of it, but it was good enough that he won the Nobel Prize for literature. Uh on top of everything else he's known for with you know World War Two and all that. So I uh, I think it's a very, very strong argument for Winston Churchill and, you know, you know, getting captured and all these other things.
1: Yeah. Definitely hits a lot of the uh the marks as far as uh, wearing a lot of hats over the course of his life and also having an interesting life and influence throughout the duration of his life versus just like, you know, oh, just later on, he like became, you know, prime minister or whatever. Like he was doing stuff from, you know, fighting in World War One and and uh, political stuff in the UK and then even basically saving Great Britain in World War Two. And then even political stuff afterwards, and stuff with like him and Queen Elizabeth is super interesting as well.
0: Uh, right, right, and and so and so we didn't do a movie specifically on Churchill, and so he's actually kind of the one of the ones too in this tournament where we had to shoehorn him him in a little bit trickier. I don't think we mentioned him in the Gallipoli episode, but he was the driving force behind the Gallipoli campaign as far as getting Britain to engage in that.
1: I thought we did. Well, I thought we mentioned that he was there at least. Um. I think
0: we mentioned it after fact in a later episode, so we did bring him up. Oh, okay. I think I don't know if we mentioned it specifically in that episode, but then we mentioned him again later, in, as things came up, still counts. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, the 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 case against, I guess, would be you know just another old white guy who happened to be in the right place at the right time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 again, I've, I've, that's devil's advocate case against. Uh, I'm not saying yeah. I buy it. He, he was fascinating. This isn't like best person. You could obviously get into the whole his, you know, racist ideologies or was he a white supremacist? Although I want to say that with the asterisk of that phrase didn't mean the same thing 100 years ago that
1: it means today. Right. Well, and even... uh, Not not to justify it. I'm just saying it had a different connotation. Right, right, right. And even, uh, I mean, he he is definitely uh, quoted as saying some pretty just straight up racist stuff about people from China, people from India, Africans, like from all over. But um, I guess also later on in his life, he did express that, hey, we need to like, we need to not think like that anymore. And I, you know, I'm guilty of thinking like that, and and we need to try and move past that. Like he did, come around on a lot of that stuff, absolutely. And that's later what, to what degree, you know? Fair. Who knows? But and that was actually one of the things that I
0: thought was the most interesting is that more than not just anybody else at his time, more than any politician maybe I can think of, he was always willing. To change his mind and didn't care about party, he was all he flip flopped between the conservative and the liberal parties over in, in yeah. Great Britain because he's yeah, like, he almost even called himself a conservative liberal and right. would change his mind based on new evidence
1: constantly, not like one big epiphany. And that's that is something that's interesting about him. That and I don't know how much that I don't know enough about British politics to know how much that happens, True. or if it does happen to, to what degree, but like that would never happen here in. I mean, people, especially nowadays. Yeah, right. And people people flip parties in the United States. Like there are politicians who do switch, you know, parties, but not not multiple times and not multiple times. And also that's like a thing that leads to big success for them.
0: Right. And then they become the equivalent of president, you know, as prime minister and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I've I've always kind of been fascinated by by Churchill.
1: I guess I I I should say with the (laughs) with the notable exception of. Donald Trump having, I mean, he wasn't a politician in multiple parties, but he was definitely a member of multiple parties. Multiple oh, true, parties. he was
0: a registered Democrat in the past. That's that's that's, that's a good point. <laughs> um, although that was more, you could argue he was more opportunistic, and we don't need to go on down that rabbit hole. But I think it was right, more opportunistic. He's when... uh, not the president anymore. No, nope. <laughs> uh, at, at time of recording. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah true, uh, <laughs> true. okay <laughs> but Winston the churchill was he was a politician and even like a high up like a high a leader of those parties
0: yeah times,
1: which i think is kind of
0: cool and then it's yeah what kind of' kind of crossover but yeah i wasn't afraid to go against party never towed the party line just kind of a fascinating guy that we you know you get into the the alcoholism and the and all the great one-liners that he supposedly had over the years uh The the one that always comes to mind, and I don't know if this is apocryphal or not. I actually didn't uh, look this up. This is something I actually remember from a history professor in in college saying, and it just kind of his delivery just kind of did sell it for me too. But the whole the line was, you know, uh, you know, they're on the floor of parliament or whatever, and a woman says, and I I think it was probably another uh, fellow MP says, "If you were my husband, I would poison your drink." And without missing a beat, Churchill says, "Madam, if you were my wife, I'd drink it." (laughs) <laughs> and just little things like that uh he's kind of, he's kind of known for it too so yeah just a fascinating fascinating figure and uh yeah we we can go into way 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 it's it's, it's hard to do more than skin the surface on churchill because the moment you start digging there's so much to dig I, I i'd be curious to see is i wonder if this is a thing is can you find on wikipedia like sort by who has the longest wikipedia pages as far as individual people because he's that he's got to be up there his wikipedia oh, page sh- just goes forever and ever
1: i'm sure there's a way to do it
0: yeah yeah i don't know if there's uh, someone that already had maybe done an algorithm or something like that where you can sort wikipedia uh entries by length especially for individuals it's different if it's like a concept or you know or the, yeah. the wikipedia page on world war ii but actually like for an individual person he has a long resume that, that we've only skimmed the surface of yeah okay Looking at John Glenn, the case for, it, it's kind of fascinating that in, in the, what you said kind of drew you to him. is like just the whole combination of, you know, decorated fighter pilot to early mm-hmm. astronaut to U.S. Senator to right. oldest
1: man in space. Right. Yeah, definitely. Again, a lot of hats. Another guy who had a, he was... Doing interesting stuff, you know, worthy of getting him on this bracket for uh, pretty much his entire adult life. Yeah, you know, it's it's he's has one of those careers where any one of those things um, would definitely land him his own Wikipedia page, like oh, right. hero fighter pilot, astronaut, senator, oldest man in space. Like any one of those things is like a lifetime, you know, achievement. Oh, right. And he he did all of them. <laughs> I mean, that that's that that goes for pretty much every person on this list.
0: And just a strong man of character, just a a a a a patriot, but also not you know a nationalist blowhard type. Just a just a good man who loved his country and fought for it in in many ways. From again from a from a literal soldier pilot to you know the astronaut during the Cold War and you know what that entailed, and having those heists. We talked about him and the right stuff, obviously. Uh, having those high standards for his team and his crew, and then right. taking that into a career in politics, almost
1: like the moral compass for that group of astronauts. I mean, not not necessarily like uh, you know beating people over the head with his religion or anything, but just right, like right, like hey, we need to like set a good example. We need to be worthy of being looked up to the way we are. Well,
0: and and then and through how those astronauts were, you know exposed to the country you know through the the media and the media push and everything like kind of the moral compass for the country in a, in a way right. at that time.
1: Yeah. And
0: yeah, just uh it's hard not to respect the heck out of John Glenn. Now, argument against again this will be a little more devil's advocate-y but you could basically say outside of being the only oldest man in space, he didn't do anything unique or first. So, he there's plenty of thunders there's plenty of pilots, right. there's plenty of astronauts, he wasn't even the first. American in space. He wasn't even the first human to go uh, in orbit. So right. now he the, the oldest man in space. He still has, but right,
1: yeah. He was the first American to go in orbit. But you said first human, which is yes, yeah, correct, right,
0: exactly. So the Russians would beat us there. So if we're gonna say John Glenn's less less, why don't we say you know was it Yuri Gagarin? Yuri Gagarin
1: or whatever? Uh, Yuri Gagarin was the first man in space. Right, first human in space. I don't know if, right, right. I don't know if he orbited the oh Earth. right right
0: they had a different russian that orbited probably i've I lost track there i don't know
1: the russian stuff as well yeah yeah
0: they weren't the main characters in the right stuff
1: <laughs> exactly yeah russians are the bad guys americans are the good guys right
0: <laughs> and, uh, and as a senator i i don't know off the top of my head you know any like major legislation that john glenn pioneered right. he was just kind of he was just kind of yeah. a journeyman did the job you knew you right. could count on him representing the people of ohio I, I think everything there was solid but it's not like oh because of John Glenn, we got this legislation that changed America.
1: Like, I don't yeah. know, I don't think he can tie his name to that. And and there are even, like, a lot of a lot of those early astronauts went on to do other really interesting stuff. So, like, I don't know of any of them that, at least off the top of my head, that went on to become politicians, but, like, most of those guys were hero pilots from World War II oh, right, and right. Korea. He was and just another the one. Astronauts, yeah. <laughs> and then they, you know, and then because they were astronauts and they had, you know... They had that status. Then they went on to go do other interesting stuff later. So he's not even like the only <laughs> hero, yeah. fighter pilot astronaut who went on to go do interesting stuff.
0: True, true. But again, he, he did kind of too. When we when we first kind of spontaneously did this for our season three hiatus, and we were I kind of threw on the spot, you know, who were the most interesting people of the 20th century or first half of the 20th century, and and in that uh, season of the podcast, and he was definitely in the running and uh a a hero of logan's for for a long time. Yes. So which which way are we going? Who 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 advances to to the next round? For for me it's Churchill and I love John Glenn but I don't think it's close.
1: Yeah, as as much as it pains me to see John Glenn a uh, a fellow marine leave the bracket this early. He he's going up against Winston Churchill and and what are you going to do?
0: <laughs> it was an honor just to be nominated. <laughs> exactly <laughs> so thank you for your service senator glenn rest in peace and uh, churchill is, is moving on to the next round which is honestly going to be the more daunting bio uh one of the most daunting bios for the second round we want to run through the detailed bios we're still gonna to have to cut stuff out of churchills because it would be ridiculous to try to be all-encompassing yeah <laughs> oh. he was he was a busy guy <laughs> a busy guy oh my gosh Okay, so our next matchup is Nelson Mandela, the first pres- first black president of South Africa after spending years in prison, you know, following the fall of apartheid, versus Pu Yi, the last emperor of China. I didn't think about that dynamic. We have the first black president of South Africa versus the last emperor of China, who yeah. we've discussed many times uh, in the in the film Lost Emperor, of course, and who he was, who Logan picked as the most interesting person of the first half of the 20th century when we discussed that previously and just talk about wearing different hats and diverse hats. Yeah. Okay, let's do one more at a time here. So Nelson Mandela first, the case four. And again, he's got kind of the easy bullet pointed case four. You got freedom fighter to prisoner incarcerated for 27 years to release to become the first black president of his country. Right. And man you don't i mean you don't even get into the details the bullet points there kind of speak for themselves
1: right and then well and even after he's president he goes on to be basically an international symbol and advocate for like you know world peace and ending poverty and just all humans getting along you know
0: yeah and I, and i do love these The rise, fall, redemption thing we talked about a little bit with Churchill, but this is even more extreme in the ways that he goes from. I mean, he's he's fighting the fight first peacefully and then, frankly, violently to try to overthrow apartheid in South Africa, where you have this minority white population suppressing the blacks. They're not allowed to vote. There's so many restrictive laws. And again, it's basically just you know codified Jim Crow stuff. This nationwide with the minority oppressing the majority, and he's fighting. Not to overthrow necessarily, I mean, kind of, you know, in a, in a way, but it was more just for equality. All he wants is equality right. for the, the blacks in South
1: Africa. Right. He's looking for equality and not revenge. And yes. I think that yes. had anyone, well, not anyone, but it could have turned out a lot different um, had someone else right. other than right. Nelson Mandela with, with his set of principles been in that scenario. Because as as soon as he gets power, he's like, all right. We're we're not uh, we're not going to turn this around. We're not going to start massacring people. We're not even going to start firing people. Like we need to be one country, one one South Africa, all of us. And I think it's easy to also too
0: to be like. And then he was in prison for a while. No, no he's in prison for twenty seven years. Logan, right. how old are you?
1: Yeah, I'm twenty seven years old. be so <laughs> exactly. My entire lifespan. Yeah. Right.
0: Right. If you were born when he went to prison, you'd be your age now when he got released right that's uh, and then just and then just you try to empathize you know walk a mile in someone's shoes and just put put yourself in the shoes which again we've talked about Nelson Mandela in Invictus and we see <laughs> Matt Damon go through his cell and just kind of see yeah you know how small it was he even kind of holds his arm out across that, like you know oh, this is this is a tiny right. room yeah. yeah
1: this is not like this is not you know cush Scandinavian prison you know this is right it's a bathroom with a cot Right. This is this is hard South African prison for yeah. 27 years.
0: Right. And that he keeps his sanity, maintains his level of hope and gets out of it and is willing to forgive those who had put him there Yeah, and move on. And just you can't imagine that he's thinking while he's sitting there in that cell, you know, reading, you know, poetry and trying to cling on to hope that, you know, in... 2021 he'd be talked about on a podcast by two white guys in america who have no business (laughs) talking about it or just the fact that he would have a legacy i think the biggest thing of you think of legacy and i think everybody to some extent wants to leave a legacy and you can't imagine he had any hope for leaving any kind of legacy and his legacy was just going to be a failed freedom fighter who
1: died in captivity i mean at some point how do you not think that right exactly and and to go from you know hard south african prison for 27 years and now people are talking about him in the same breath as like gandhi and mother Teresa and all of these other people who yeah who have these incredible uh legacy of of helping others is is pretty crazy
0: uh side note there's actually some bad stuff written on mother Teresa, and i don't know what stuff to believe or not believe but that's a whole different whole different can of worms actually
1: Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, not I don't want to say- get into
0: here, but, uh, research uh, Mother Teresa and,
1: yeah just say it.
0: <laughs> she mostly meant well. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we won't go there for right now. Uh, maybe that needs to be a bonus episode at some point.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: The, uh, the case against Nelson Mandela, um, I don't have a strong one. I guess you could say that, you know, there's a, there's several of uh, uh, incidents like this going on in South Africa and, just because he almost, you could say, lucked out and was able to accede to this, ascend to this position, there are how many others, like you know, like Lumumba, just didn't get the chance. Yeah. And just kind of faded into obscurity. Again, just kind of maybe right person at the right time kind of thing you could argue. Again, I don't have a strong argument against Nelson Mandela. But yeah, uh, especially especially we're going to talk about interesting. In what ways was Mandela not interesting?
1: Well, and and I guess personality wise, he was kind of was he kind of like he was kind of even kind of funny. And I I don't know. Yeah, I would say for me, um, if I'm if I have to play devil's advocate and make the case against Nelson Mandela, he had a lot of these like, you know, these good ideas and these good um, his principles were very sound. But how much that translated into a prosperous south africa is maybe up for debate but that being said and i don't probably uh understand it as nearly as well as i should but it definitely could have been a lot worse which that's that's more of a that's more of an argument for him but you know like oh yeah that you know they still have like all this this nationalism and there still is kind of this you know uh racism am- amongst the whites and you know they they had a a hard time with the aids epidemic was like yeah but They didn't have a civil war. Right, They didn't have, like, a mass genocide or anything. Right. So, that's good.
0: Yeah, his legacy may be more about what he prevented than what he changed.
1: Right. That's what I was trying to say.
0: And he still does, you know, exist as this icon, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, the case for and against Puyi. We've kind of uh, talked about this before. Again, if you go back and listen to our season three hiatus, you can. Have, and we'll, we will rehash it here. But we we have talked before about the case for Puyi is. Uh, did you get that? I sent that meme yeah, or whatever. I, I, actually, put,
1: <laughs> I saw that video. Um, oh, okay. I was doing my research too. Yeah the the resume.
0: Yeah, someone someone on YouTube put uh, just kind of like, did like a joking resume that a, a Puyi could could submit <laughs> for a for a job application, and basically, yeah. You know, it starts off, you know, 1908 to 1912, Mandate of Heaven, uh, and then kind of goes from landlord to professional development, chief executive, emperor, study abroad, street sweeper, editor. And we've kind of talked about, you know, kind of rich playboy with multiple wives, and then the Japanese recruit him to be the emperor again after the the Chinese had, you know, deposed him. And even when they first deposed him, he was still emperor in name and kind of under house arrest in the Forbidden City, which is, of course... That's whole other, that, That's a whole story there. And th- th- then after World War II, he ends up in communist Chinese custody and they don't execute him. They basically try to re-educate him. And uh, what that video did mention that I hadn't thought about, even when we talked about The Last Emperor, is that they basically made the parallel to the Russian Revolution when the Bolsheviks did kill the Romanovs. How yeah. that turned world sentiment against them. So it's almost right. like they went out of their way to make sure they
1: treated puyi well To if like see right. we're the good guys yeah puyi's our buddy right I, apparently that was and according to that video that was like that was Mao's whole plan was hey we need to get this guy specifically so that he can be alive and we can like right. help him as hey look we let this dude live right hey, our regime is great even
0: the former yeah. emperor is one of us now yeah like yeah so I thought that was that was kind of interesting and then yeah he it just kind of goes on. I actually missed I don't think in The Last Emperor, they talked about him being an editor. They kind of show him being a gardener. Yeah. And then, then that video also mentioned that he kind of even then at least made a show of uh, buying in and becoming a communist. They, although, I, I mean, I wanted to what extent yeah. That was that was kind of like, I don't know if he bought the, after he literally thought he was a god right. emperor, I don't know how much he bought the idea that, you know,
1: everyone should have the same. <laughs> right. But it was also kind of, it's, it's cool though, because it's not, he didn't just like, oh, he's emperor, and then he's like dethroned, and that's it, like, he was emperor, he was, you know, dethroned, but then, you know, he's living in the, in the Forbidden City, and then he becomes emperor again for, like, two weeks, because he's, like, reinstalled by some other group, and then he's dethroned again, but then after that, he still is, like, trying to get back to being emperor for a long time. Right. You know, he's, like, trying to get with all these different warring factions in, uh, in China, be like, hey, why don't you, you know, why don't you prop me up as the emperor and, you know, I'll bring some kind of like some gravitas to the, to your situation. Yeah. It's, it's a super, it's a crazy, interesting story. Yeah, Basically from the time he's a little kid through
0: like his nearing middle age, honestly, I mean, through through World War II when he, again, it's just kind of fascinating to think about. You think about painting the scenes of these people's lives, the idea of this child emperor under, House arrest within the Forbidden City, where he is still treated like the Emperor, while outside the walls, there's a civil war going on right. with all the different factions, and he still thinks he's the Emperor and thinks he's in charge, but has no control over anything. Right. It, and then, like you said, how they're all using them, him as, you know, he's our puppet. No, he's our puppet! <laughs> or no, he should be ex- exiled
1: or executed. No, that we want to actually reinstate him, and just... Yeah, it's... Yeah fascinating and then like he has these two wives one of whom has a girlfriend who's this like famous japanese like spy you know
0: who we almost included woman in this list of mystery, yeah. right who we yeah.
1: almost put her on this list and it's just, it's it's cra- great like you could make a movie about her it and and it'd be like wow what, what an interesting life she lived and yeah she's in this movie and she's like a side character like not even the most interesting person in the movie because it's about this guy Puyi and then man even just
0: i know I'm kind of just thinking about this now he's also now this would be everybody who lived during his time period but he also happens to live during the most, one of the most interesting time periods so he lived from 1906 to 1967 so you just think about What everybody from that time period witnessed, as far as a technologically technological standpoint or a war history standpoint, both world wars, going from early cars to space and you know computers and just now again that was everybody. But he's also that time period. uh, If we're talking about uh, interesting lives lived, so the case against
1: Uh, good good luck, Rich. Good luck making this case against Puyi. (laughs) I actually have, I think, a
0: fairly compelling one. Oh, okay. And it's simply the fact of I don't know what, if any, agency he ever had or tried to take, or what kind of personality he he had. It, basically, he was put on a roller coaster at birth, and it was the most interesting roller coaster anybody's ever been put on. Right. But he was just he was just along for the ride. He didn't yes. do anything.
1: This is uh that is a good point, um which this might be kind of splitting hairs like is he the most interesting person just because he led the most interesting life right no right like if if you or I were born into that situation, probably maybe even you know how different would it be right right yeah how how different would it be like wh- how much was he actually affecting a lot of that? yeah, that's a good point, um but again, you argue that's mean you know, it's anyway everybody's everybody's born into their own life. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But again, but, it's, but the idea of agency, and I just don't, I, I don't know yeah. how many decisions other than choosing to go along with the Japanese idea to put him as the puppet emperor of Manchuko, which, of course, is then the reason the communist Chinese see him as a potential enemy is, you know, he was against right, the a, Chinese because he was pro-Japanese. But a
1: lot of that was not necessarily because he was trying to, like, make power moves or anything. It was, like, self-preservation.
0: That's true. If he had said no, we talked about that, too, before, I think, where if he had said no to the Japanese, where is that put him? Right, right. No, and again, I, I, you know, I'm not saying I'm anti Puyi. Right. And actually, now we're going to, I guess, go ahead and say where we both uh, lie with uh, Nelson Mandela versus Puyi. And I think we're kind of both on the same page. It is Puyi. Yeah,
1: right, right, right. I was going to say, it's uh for for listeners of the third season hiatus, he was in the top two. When we did like just a mini version of this just for that season, he was the top. He, wasn't he the winner?
0: I think I uh, yeah yeah you basically said that you personally liked T Lawrence was like your personal favorite but then you couldn't argue okay. against Puyi if or, right. yeah yeah
1: so uh yeah no no spoiler that uh, this guy this guy's gonna take it today
0: We are uh, yeah, yes big big fans uh, I still think he's got a tough matchup against Winston Churchill in the in the next round and Churchill sure. was not one we had brought up when we did that right. third season hiatus uh, right. initially. Yeah, so Winston Churchill and Puyi ad, ad, advanced to the next round uh, Kind of a short uh, episode to get through those, those uh, two matchups But uh, tune in next time And we will be going back to the Ancient Ones bracket To see Alexander the Great versus Osaka the Great And Julius Caesar versus the II Also known as Ramesses the Great Man, Julius Caesar's the only one who's not great there He might have his work cut out for him <laughs> So yeah, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time